Welcome to our Acre Pro Buy Sell segment uh, with Mike Carmen, uh, Purdue with men's basketball, handling the Boilermakers as Purdue takes off. Well, they're not taking off yet. They're going to be, I think they're getting on a bus, would be my guess, heading to, to Columbus for obviously a, what will be a busy weekend, hopefully, if you're a Purdue fan from Friday and Monday. And excuse me. Friday and Sunday, I should say. I've sent shockwaves to Mike Carmi since Monday. What's that? We're not, they're not going to Monday. So, uh, but no, we we appreciate acrepro.com and Kyle Spray and Company. They have a new phone number that you need to think about if you want to talk to Kyle Spray, 765-775-6502. That's 765-775-6502. Kyle Spray and the folks at Acrepro, when you were looking at uh, buying or selling, Farm real estate, can't find a better place than those guys. And they've been a great support to us all year. We appreciate that. This is a buy-sell segment. So this is some hard-hitting journalistic uh, impressions of what we're going to see or what Mike is going to buy or sell. Uh, he's not going to buy any farm real estate, I don't think, in the near term, I'm, I'm guessing. But we, we have a lot of questions coming out with Purdue men's basketball and the women, too, as they uh, head to the NCAA tournament. And I guess uh, the first thing is I know you had uh, availability with Matt Painter earlier today. Any news and note, anything you're buying and selling, anything different uh, coming out from uh, what the coach had to say about an opponent he doesn't know yet, whether it'll be Texas Southern or fairly, fairly Dickinson? Uh, no, he doesn't know yet. Uh, it, it was it was humorous, as Matt usually is. He yeah. They, they were asking about not knowing who you're going to play, which is odd in the NCAA tournament. Purdue's never had that situation. And he goes, "Well, always like in the Big Ten tournament, he always asks his assistants. He goes, well, who do you think we're going to play?'" And the consensus may be Team A. Then he automatically says, "Well, we're going to play Team B then," because yeah. usually these guys are wrong, and that's the way it kind of kind of works out. So. I don't know if they have a favorite. I don't know if they are counting on one team over the other, but based on just little information that's coming out, it appears FDU would be kind of the team that Purdue would expect to play. And now whether that comes to fruition or not, I have no idea, but you know, Matt was, he talked about that and you know, he got asked questions about the handling the press um, and what, you know, what they need to do better. And, uh, and can, you know, can Zach Eady be a bit of an outlet for them in some situations? So, um, you know, all that, that video is up at, uh, at goldenblock.com and stuff like that. The only really news was that uh, uh, the person I'm filling in for, as I am a temporary, Brian Newbert <laughs> showed up at practice today. And I had him go over and ask Fletcher Lawyer because he was wearing a white knee pad in the second half of the game on Sunday. And just, and I think it's been common knowledge that Fletcher had been dealing with a calf issue uh, earlier this year. He says that's fine, but he had uh, landed on his knee enough times that it became a little bit bruised. And therefore, he put the, the knee pad on in the second half. Just to, if he falls on it again, it softens the blow a little bit. But I, I do think the, you know, his legs, whether it's the calf or the knee, probably is hampering his jump shot a little bit. Uh, sort of from an elevation standpoint. And it's not the sole reason why he's whatever, has two baskets <laughs> in the last two games, but it could, you know, probably playing a role there a little bit of of making sure that he can get his jump shot the way that he that he wants it. And it's no secret that he's not been as effective shooting wise. But, you know, I think he's getting good shots. And I thought the two shots 
that he hit against Penn State and Ohio State were ones that you thought, okay, would get him going, but they they didn't. But those were the main tidbits that come out of practice today. Well, you know, that knee pad thing is coming in because that poor Fletcher has been on the floor, whether it's been because he's tried to drive the basket and and, and uh, gravity took its toll. I don't know what it is, but he's he's been on the floor, knocked to the floor, whatever it is, a ton in the last eight to 10 games. And uh, that's going to be one of the interesting storylines. So I wasn't going to ask is, guys, I know you're not a Texas Southern, or I'm guessing, I shouldn't <laughs> say I know that, that you're not an expert of Texas Southern or fairly Dickinson. I thought that I read, uh, maybe I'm wrong, that uh, Texas Southern at 14 and 20 was actually a favorite in odds on that may That line may have changed. As I always say, I don't gamble on this one, especially Fairleigh Dickinson versus Texas Southern. But it does present an interesting challenge just from a timing standpoint, I guess. Uh, you, you've got basically 48 hours to prepare, and and uh, that that is what it is. But that 116 matchup, everybody is on, on alert when it comes to that just because of what happened to, in Virginia and, and Maryland, Baltimore County back in the day. But uh, I'll, I'll, my first buy-sell to you is uh, – Buying or selling that uh, Matt Painter will keep Fletcher Lawyer in the starting lineup. Uh, what do you say there? Oh, I'll buy that. I don't think there's a need to change. Now you can you can regulate the minutes however you want, but I, yeah. I don't. I don't think it's necessary to change uh, the starting lineup right now. I think David is comfortable coming off the bench. That's what he's done all year. Um, it doesn't guarantee he's going to continue on the hot shooting streak that he's on right now. He probably it'll probably drop off a little bit because he got on one of those heaters earlier in the yeah. year and then it went it went the opposite direction. But that's that's life as a three point shooter. No, I I'd buy to keep Fletcher in the lineup. And again, I he's getting good shots. Um the teams are are trying to take him out of the game. They're being more physical with him. They're not letting him catch and shoot as much as he has. Uh so uh, you know, you just, you know, you're this deep in the season that you just, you know, you're going to, you're going to roll with the lineup. You're going to roll with the guys that have brought you this far. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe they don't pay as much attention to him and that frees him up a little bit to get, to get going. Yeah. I, I think he's too good a basketball player. He does too many other things. Well, and I couldn't agree more about David Jenkins. I think he sits where he's sitting right now, which has been very good the last several games and really has been such an inspiration, I think, to his teammates just about how he's handled himself. And uh, that has uh, continued to be a, one of the storylines that you just wrote about uh, for the site again uh, as well here over the last 48 hours. But, uh, you know, you look at that, and and I guess my question is, and, and, you know, we're not going to, I know everybody's out busy filling out their brackets. Uh, you buying and selling first, is it going to be Memphis or Florida Atlantic? And again, I don't even probably an unfair question. I don't know how much you've looked at those two teams because Purdue hasn't playing them yet. But on the surface, uh, Memphis obviously had the big win against Houston. Florida Atlantic has been kind of a talk of the tournament type team. They, uh, but if you had to pick one right now, and if Purdue you're making that assumption, which can be dangerous, that Purdue will get to Sunday in Columbus. But uh, what uh, what what would you see? Do you think Memphis is a is is a odds on favorite from your perspective? Well, I, I um, I'm not convinced on Memphis because they beat Houston and Houston didn't have Marcus Strasser. Yeah. Uh, and Houston had nothing to play for in that game. And not that Memphis is not qualified to to beat Florida Atlantic. I just 
Yeah. I, I would probably buy Florida Atlantic in this situation. Interesting. Because I, th I think they're hungry. Yeah. And just um, based on the little knowledge that I've uh, <laughs> that I've come up with, I, I, I think they feel like they've been slighted. Okay. Like they don't they don't feel like they are a nine seed or I think they're a nine. But yeah, they, they are. They nine, don't yeah. they don't they don't feel like they should have been in the eight nine game. So I think they're going to be motivated to, to prove people wrong. And and I you know, and I, I would probably give them the edge. Uh, right now based on that because you know March is about desperation and playing at a desperation level and I think that they're gonna I think they're gonna do that not that Memphis won't but I think Florida Atlantic they've had a really good year yeah uh, they've they've been one of those teams that one of those mid-major teams that have, you know they haven't been on top of the radar but they've been just right below it I think they got ranked this week in the AP poll at number 25 you know, people have noticed what they've done, and uh, I, I would go with them. Just, just kind of all the things I kind of outlined there. I just, you know, I, I, I like kind of the attitude they have right now, and I, I think that that will serve them well in the, um, in the game. Doesn't mean they won't turn it over, they won't miss shots, and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. But I, you know, I think uh, I would go with, I would buy them right now. Got to do the contrarian view to some extent, just because, and I'm not saying that there's, this, I don't know where the money is on that game just yet. Cause again, uh, yeah, we, it's going to be, going to be one of those interesting storylines on Friday night. They'll play, I believe what they're playing after Purdue, right. That right. night. And, mm -hmm. and uh, that will be uh, the, the game following the Boilermakers and either uh, fairly Dickinson and, uh, and not and, or, or Texas Southern, I should say. All right. You looked at the bracket, the East region of, you know, I don't know. Do you, are you buying that Purdue? I'm gonna. This is gonna be a two-part buy-sell question. Are you buying that Purdue is in the most difficult region of the four? Do you buy that? I think they're all difficult. <laughs> I, just, I, <laughs> I couldn't agree I, more. I, I, I don't. I don't know how you say one is more difficult than the other, because everybody's so compact together this year. There's no super team. Yeah. Uh, all that kind of stuff. So I think. I mean, I think they're all difficult. They all have their challenges. I mean, if you. If Purdue was going to trade places with another number one seed, who would you trade places with? Yeah. And how would you feel about that? Do you want to be uh, the number one seed in Vegas and have Kansas uh, or not Kansas or the uh, have a Texas or have an Arizona as a number two there or who's ever in the four or five game and in, in the four seeds and all that kind of stuff or the eight nines? Do you want to you potentially want to play in Arkansas? who is going to play, I believe, Illinois uh, in an 8-9 game. So, I mean, it's – I think they're all tough. Now, I, I think the East has more blue bloods in it. Therefore, I think people look at that and say, well, that's tougher because you have Duke, which is playing tremendous right now. And you have Kentucky in that region. You've got a really hot Marquette team that just won the Big East tourney and the Big East regular season, and they just played in Madison Square Garden. Um, you've got Tennessee, which got off to a great start, but they've had some injuries here and they've kind of uh, limped to the, the finish line a little bit. So I, I don't know. And you, you know, you still got Michigan State in there as a seventh seed and uh, future Big Ten matchup with USC. And so I, I think they're all tough. Um, and I don't know if you trade places, whether it gets any better than, than anybody else. So. Um, I'm not really buying it's the toughest reason because I think they're all they're all difficult and they all present their own challenges.
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I think you're spot on. I just can't see. Yes, I think Purdue, uh, it's a murderer's row only because the name's on the front of the jersey. Now, and I also think, too, and again, this is silly talk, but this is what we do. Uh, and that is, you know, I like the fact, I think confidence is a key thing. I think there is something about mentally getting over the hump, even though this team has nothing to do with the 2019 team or anything else. Uh, but I think the fact that if you would happen to face Marquette or uh, you wouldn't play Duke, I guess, in the, in the, in the elite eight final, you would obviously play them in the, uh, in the, uh, in the, uh, regional first games of the re regional. But my point is, is that these are teams you've beaten. You can look across. If you have some young players that haven't played, I don't think this team really lacks confidence at all, but I think you do look across the way and say, you know, Marquette, we've beaten Marquette, we've beaten uh, we've beaten Duke handily. Now, Marquette was a lot tougher of a game, as we all know, but uh, you beat Michigan State if you happen to play the Spartans. Uh, that has to count, at least for the psyche of the fans, though. I don't know. The fans are all nervous. They can't they can't deal with anything right now. And I get it. But uh, uh, it just seems to me that makes some sense that uh, that if it's Marquette, that actually could play to your advantage. So Marquette's playing extremely well. Well, Duke's playing extremely well. And I'm not asking if you buy it. I'm saying, what, what's that? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I mean, Duke's playing extremely well, too, and it's a different oh, yeah. team than the one Purdue played, but your point is is taken. I mean, Purdue took Duke to the woodshed uh, yeah. out, out, in the, out in Oregon, and that's, you know, Duke has a young team, and uh, some guys have really developed, And but it's interesting to hear people talk about Duke now because I don't think, the national people that talk about Duke understand or realize that Purdue beat Duke yeah. in November because they talk about them like, well, the, you know, they'll, they'll be able to handle a guy like Zach Eady, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's like, well, no, they didn't in November. No. I mean, they didn't yeah. handle him in November. Doesn't mean they won't handle him now, but there, there is, there is a confidence there from Purdue standpoint with the three teams that they beat that they feel like they can, they will be able to compete with anybody. Same with Marquette, even though Marquette had a nine-point lead late in the second half, and yeah. he was able to uh, to come back. And uh, so, it, it, I, I think it helps them that they've they've beaten those teams. But you also, yeah, it, having to do it again at, at this stage with everything on Bring the line, yeah, uh, is in. And and Duke and Marquette are two of the teams that are trending up in a big way where. The perception of Purdue is they're not trending up in a big way. They are trending up, but not maybe the arrow isn't pointing as high as those other two teams. And I think the last five minutes of the Penn State game have something to do with that. I mean, in terms of just the way that game ended and the fact that that uh, it wasn't a slam dunk from that, at least from the fan base standpoint, and maybe and maybe from a national perspective, because that game, everybody was kind of watching that game and saw that uh, Purdue, do you buy or sell that notion that that maybe if Purdue's not, does it, it doesn't matter to anything, but is that maybe a reason why people think that Purdue's not trending up or has it just been their February February's missteps. I mean, how do you view that? Because I, I agree with you. It's a common notion right now. Everybody's kind of, I, don't, I haven't read any of the quote unquote experts. Maybe I've missed a few that really are giving Purdue a, uh, or looking at Purdue as a team that's going to come out of that regional. Uh, yeah, I think that's part of it. I think part of what happened Sunday, uh, but also you factor in the Illinois game where they had a 24 point lead and it got tied right. late. You factor in the Rutgers game where, you know, Purdue had a, 
seemingly comfortable lead, and then it it, it changed. Uh, and a little bit to the Ohio State game where Purdue mm -hmm. got up and then uh, Ohio State got its legs back. So, and it's, you know, we can go to the Iowa game at home in early February <laughs> yeah. and some yeah, other yeah. some other games where they- The trend. It, it is a trend and they've got to figure out a way to keep the, the, the their, their foot on the gas. And I, I do think something happens and anybody that has played sports kind of understands this. Uh, and it's not really anything you can practice, but it, it, once you kind of lose your grip on something, it's hard to get back, especially yeah. in, in these situations where you have a desperate team trying to win a championship in Penn State's case or Rutgers case trying to stay alive and Ohio State the same way and Illinois the week before trying to improve its position. Sure. At, at some point, you have to match that intensity, match that desperation to, to push yourself over the hump. But it also me. I mean, and to me, it's not always about the press. And I know that's a big, big centerpiece of what people talk about with Purdue at the end of the game. Yes, the press is a factor, but they're also missing free throws. They're mm -hmm. also not, you know, Zach misses a, a couple shots close to the rim that he hit earlier in the game. They don't go in. So there's some other some other factors going on there that would help you extend the lead and not that anybody expects them to be perfect. Well, maybe the fan base does, but you're not, not going to be perfect all the time. But those are those are key moments and key situations where you do have to extend that lead. And extending a six point lead to eight is a big deal with two minutes to go and so on and so forth. You know, we I mean, I don't think I've seen Fletcher Lawyer miss two free throws in a row all year. Uh, yeah. So there's there's things like that that happen that go against you. Uh, and yes, Purdue had. Some, a couple silly turnovers at the end of the game that really magnified the situation. But the press is a factor, but it's not all about the press. There's some other things going on where they have to clean up and they have to be better. Or the other thing is get a 50-point lead with 10 minutes to go, and then maybe you maybe you don't have to hang on for dear, for dear life. Yeah, they, they only cut it to 27. Yeah, no, I mean, Ryan, Ryan Newbert wrote that uh, thought in, in his uh, three thoughts from the weekend about there really isn't any data to support Purdue actually against the press uh, has done in relative words. And, and he's right. And you're, you bring up kind of the same point. You never look good against the press in a, in a or you rarely look good against the press in a frantic situation. Uh, and yes, Brandon Newman's pass is, it was an all time bad pass. So we get we get that. And uh, and he probably won't do that again. But but uh, Fletcher Lawyer missing two free throws, like you said, Ethan Morton missing free throws down the stretch. These are guys who usually I know Ethan's not the free throw shooter, quite the free throw shooter that, that Lawyer is. But, uh, yeah, they did a lot of other things as well. All things that they can't do, though, at crunch time against a really good team when the lights are on. That That is, I think, one of the, you know, as you've well documented, that's a key factor for Purdue as Purdue hopes to march through some level of uh, this, this uh, let's be honest, they want to get to the Final Four like it, like everybody in the Purdue fan base, and, they, and that's what they're going to have to do to get there they got to clean some of that stuff up all right i want to ask you because i know you haven't you've been spending the burning the midnight oil doing the every bracket challenge including the <laughs> on three bracket challenge i'm sure and i i'm not gonna put you on the spot about purdue but i will put you on the spot about uh who are you buying is the of the other big 10 the seven other big 10 teams still hard to believe that rutgers didn't make it from in my view but um how do you look at the other seven and say if you had to buy somebody, 
who are you going to buy? Uh, to be honest, I wouldn't buy any of them. I, I don't. I, I no, I don't trust. I don't trust the Big Ten this year. I, I just don't. I mean, I, I don't. I can't. You know, there's there's a couple eight seeds that have to go through a number one, uh, which I don't. They're not going to match up well, and they're going to have a hard time winning those games. I think Michigan State's got a tough game against USC, and then if they play Marquette, the way Marquette's playing right now. I mean, I go down the list. I'm just not. I'm just not. Indiana. Sold. Indiana's Indiana. got a. Indiana's right. got a really tough matchup with Kent State. First yeah. of all, but then Miami of Florida, you know, which I think is a very dangerous team in this tournament. Uh, they come out of the ACC and they won the regular season title. I think a lot of people have kind of overlooked them, but they're long and athletic on the perimeter, uh, and they have a familiar player that Purdue. <laughs> Produce aware of with Nigel Pack. I think they're a really solid team. And this is a, this is a team that made it to the Elite Eight last year and uh, lost to Kansas in the uh, in Chicago. Uh, so I think that's a really going to be a tough matchup for Indiana if it gets to that point. And I just in Penn State, you're you're dependent on three point shooting to carry you. Maybe in a maybe in a weekend situation that happens a little bit, but throughout the tournament, it's not. I, I don't think there's enough data that tells you that you can shoot 45, 48 percent from three for six games or for three games or whatever it is. I think it's going to be tough. I think their lack of lack of a big man and lack of size inside will uh, will uh, will will probably come back and hurt them a little bit in these in these games. I'm not a fan of the other big 10 teams, to be honest. I just, I, I don't know if anybody, I don't know if anybody will get to the sweet 16. I think Purdue's got the best shot. Uh, but I, 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 I'll be surprised if, if, if anyone does win two games this week. Well, we had an internet little, little snap through then we lost you, but you, you followed it up well. Uh, and uh, I think you're right. I, Anna, as I said, I think earlier, may have been recorded that uh, Indiana shows they look the part and they've played the part at times, but can they do it two games in a row? And they're lost to Penn State in the way they lost to Penn State. it must this be cold but this is a new one for for zoom i don't know maybe it's because the weather in west lafayette i'm not sure what's causing the problem but uh anyway i i said in the last part of the recording that uh, nobody's shown that they can do it two games in a row and i think that that's a big part of it so before we get shut off again we're going to put an end to this one mike thanks so much <laughs> have a safe travels to columbus you will be covering 
the a lot you're going to be also covering some women's basketball we didn't even get to that question i'm afraid we're going to go blank again you'll be you'll be at uh covering fairly dickinson versus texas southern you, you can pull up your popcorn and watch that one you'll see uh katie gerald's and uh, at least talk to them uh prior to their press conference on uh that's thursday i'm getting my yeah, days they play, up but they play, uh, they play thursday yeah, and uh, they're in a situation where you'll get a chance to see what uh, what uh, the Boilermakers do uh, there, and obviously with all your coverage on the men uh, as they play on Thursday. That's right. You're not going to be able to see the women's game on Thursday because they're they're at the same time of Purdue's availability, right? So, no, uh, I got the whole uh, no, schedule all screwed up. I'll be at the game. On uh, let you clarify. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll be at the game on Thursday. Purdue's availability well, is earlier in the day, in the afternoon. So my plan is to go from availability to the game so yeah i may i may i may show up gonna cover the game <laughs> yeah and, uh, purdue st john's and the women and uh, and you are you okay i'm gonna ask you since we're still we're still functioning here are you buying that uh, they can beat st john's in 11 versus 11 matchup in katie gerald's team uh, uh, nothing's been easy for at any point in time but uh, would they be the favorite in that game or i could probably not since they're both 11 seeds but how do you look at that one I would I would buy that they can win. You know, St. John's is going to make it a low possession game. It's going to be a grinder type of thing. If if Purdue can get out in full court and do some things in transition with Abby Ellis, you know, running the show at the point guard, hitting the boards hard and be able to start some fast breaks, they might be able to put some distance between them and St. John's, at least get a lead. You know, Katie joked today that it might be the first one to 55. Uh, in this game, just based on the style that St. John's yeah. played. Now, St. John's beat UConn a couple weeks ago, so they have that uh, they have that confidence coming into this game. But it's already a win for for Katie and her team and her program this year by getting to the tournament. But you you add another layer to that if you get at least one win uh, in the NCAA tournament, something you can go out and and sell to potential portal uh, transfers and recruits. Uh, you know, they had two players on the Indiana All-Star team today. Yeah, He wants to keep the best players at home. And uh, maybe this is maybe this is a step in, in doing that. And, you know, winning a game in the NCAA tournament would really enhance what she's trying to do here. All right. We got to jump out of this because we are continuing to have a little bit of the technical challenges. Uh, I'm challenged by nature, but uh, we appreciate it. Mike Safe Travels. We'll look forward to your coverage. We want to thank Kyle Spray and the good folks at AcrePro.com for uh, their sponsorship of this. AcrePro.com uh, for all your land and farm management needs and sales. It's 765-775-6502. We'll get you directly to Kyle Spray, and he can help you out with that. So uh, we'll look forward to doing another one. It'll either be a season wrap-up, uh, or we'll be looking ahead to the Sweet 16 in uh new york city if uh next week at this time uh as the boilermakers that is a thursday saturday sequence if purdue can make it to the madison to madison square garden so all right thanks again for everybody for watching or listening and uh, have a great rest of your week hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.